When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today's episode's a good one. I have an email today about swing trading reversals, reversal plays. And the stock looks like it's about to break that downtrend, getting long and making some big profits off of it. And so she has some questions that they want answered. So let's get right into it. It says, hey, Ryan, I'll go by the alias Sanjay. First of all, I want to say that I have really been enjoying your podcast. I tend to listen to them on the drive home from work. There is so much information out there on day trading but not nearly enough on swing trading, which I personally think is a much better trading style. Keep up the great work and I'll for sure keep tuning in. So just a little bit about my trading journey to give you an idea of my request, which is something I always appreciate. You know, you don't want it to be too long, but you want it enough to where I understand where you're coming from. Sanjay writes, I got into trading in August, 2020, where I spent the first four months doing paper trading to work on my strategy. I was just looking into trading support and resistance. And while I was maintaining my paper account due to my risk management, I wasn't able to grow the paper account. In January 2021, I decided to start actually trading. My win percentage definitely needs work as it's only my strong risk management that has been keeping me in the game and not blowing up my account. Well, first of all, that's one of the big things. You want that as your foundation, your risk management. So everything else can come over time. But if you don't take into account risk management, you'll never make it. So this person's off to the right track. Sanjay continues with, I know the basics and I believe I have the knowledge and ability to be a great trader, but something just isn't connecting with my strategy attempts. Hence my email to you. I focus more on reversal trend trading with focus currently on the bullish side. I am looking for times when the downtrend reverses either for a long uptrend or even a strong pullback because I can be profitable in either scenario. However, I don't think I'm looking for the right signs to improve my confidence in my entry. So my question to you is, if you can do an episode on reversal swing trading, explaining the different things to look for, such as supports, candlestick signs, volume, if applicable, and the like. What usually distinguishes a true reversal versus a weak pullback that continues in that downtrend? That may be the ultimate question I would want answered. If you could go into great detail about this topic, it would be great. Thanks again, and keep up the great work. God bless. Sincerely, Sanjay. This is like a loaded email. I mean, it's very succinct and to the point, but there is a lot to tackle here. Um, Sanjay, thank you for the email. This is going to be a little bit of a different kind of podcast because a lot of times I'm into the psychological aspects of trading. This one's more into the technical analysis and everything else. But the thing is, it's a podcast, so I don't have like the charts that I can show you in the process. So in a way to keep it simple and easy to understand, I'm going to convey all this to you without having to use charts. So what am I drinking? Well, today was like kind of an exciting day. I got engaged only just a couple of hours ago, so I ran home. Got to do a podcast. So that's what I'm doing here. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. 
got a good woman to stand right next to me in life, and uh, I'm not going to go drink any Howlerhead or Raven's Lace or Screwball Peanut Butter whiskey. I'm pulling out the big guns for this podcast. I'm pulling out Blanton's Gold Edition. I've been keeping this thing for such an occasion. And let me tell you, this thing, it's good. It's got two things going on at once, and I, I hardly can explain it, but it has like this spicy, peppery taste, but then there's like this underlying smoothness at the same time. It's hard to find. You just got to kind of get lucky and find it somewhere. It's not always been in the United States. Now they are selling it in the United States, but usually you can find it a lot easier if you're listening to this podcast uh, somewhere outside of the United States. Where that's at, I'm not sure, but it's definitely a hard to come by one. There's websites that sell it, but you just want to make sure you're using a good website. It's got this like beautiful amber brown color to it. I mean, everything is popping on this particular bourbon. And when you like smell it, you can smell like a little bit of a cherry and tobacco smell to it. It's kind of nice. I don't do tobacco, but I know what that smells like. But the spiciness, it'll kick right in the beginning. And it's 103 proof. So what does that mean? It's a 51.5% alcohol. Very strong, very strong. But the simultaneous like spiciness but smoothness it's really incredible. I, it's almost like you can't explain it until you try it, but it's, it's really good. I feel like when you taste it and like the notes that you're picking up on is like a caramel dipped green apple at the carnival. I mean, it like takes you back to your childhood. It's really cool. And the finish lingers. I mean, it's got that little spiciness that'll linger for you for a while. But yeah, that candy apple flavor, I love it. I even read where some people said they were picking up on cotton candy flavors which I could not pick up on that. Again, I'm not like an aficionado. I'm just telling you how I feel about these particular bourbons. But this Blanton's Gold Edition, perfect thing to celebrate for this engagement. And I give it a 9.3. Yes, that good. Everything you get from Blanton's is pretty much good. I I love everything that Buffalo Trace makes. And if you don't know the story behind Blanton's and how these were like the honey barrels in the distillery that Albert Blanton would enjoy with some of his friends, then you got to check that out. It comes from Warehouse H. And mine in particular comes from barrel number 695, Rick number one, and it's bottle number 163. All right, so let's dig right into Sanjay's email. Sanjay makes a good point right out of the gate here, talking about how there's a lot of information out there on day trade, but not enough about swing trading. Why is that? Well, I think a lot of it is so many traders want to be into the day trading part because they want to just make the stock market their personal piggy bank. They just want to be going in there, getting their money, coming right back out. And it just doesn't work that way. But so much of us is geared towards this. I want my money right now. I want my profits right now. And there's not the patience to hold a trade for a few days to a couple of weeks. And those that do typically are going to see a lot better results as a successful swing trader versus being a successful day trader. Successful day traders will find that a lot of times you're not getting the price action intraday that you need, that oftentimes you're going to get most of your gains overnight. Because think about it, the stock market's only open six and a half hours a day. So that means 17 and a half hours of the day, the stock market's closed. Now, one of the peculiar comments that Sanjay says is that started trading in August of 2020, spending four months paper trading, made no money off of that, but then decided to get into trading live with their own money. Now, there's pros and cons to that. It's kind of like the whole thing about like quitting your job and going from part-time trading to full-time trading. I would say don't go become a full-time trader if you're not profitable as a part-time trader at this point. In the same sense, you could also make the case don't start trading live until you're actually making some money trading with paper. I'd say it's kind of like a yes or no. It's like a double-edged sword. You're never going to really feel whether or not you can be successful in the stock market unless you trade live. 
Now, I'll also say this is that probably the easiest time as a trader is trading a paper account. Why? Because there's not the emotions associated with your trading that there is when you're actually trading with your money. Your money is going to draw a lot of emotions out you, especially when you're new to trading. It's going to probably pull out the worst characteristics in you when it comes to money because that fear and the greed is two very powerful emotions that are the most prominent features of trading when it comes to emotions. Now, paper trading, you're not going to have it because there's really nothing at risk. Maybe a little bit of pride, but that's it. But I really feel that paper trading as a whole is really good for just understanding the mechanics of trading, understanding a limit order, understanding what it means by a stop order, what it means to just place a market order, good to cancel stuff, all, all, all those different terminologies and getting the hang of submitting tickets. Like for instance, if I was to start a whole brand new platform that I've never tried out before, I would probably even though I've been doing this for multiple decades now, I would start off trading paper. Why? Just because I'd want to get the mechanics of the trading down. I wouldn't want to be going live with my money right out of the gate when I'm not really comfortable with the platform. So paper trading does have a use for it depending on its, the circumstances. I think paper trading is best used when it's trying to become familiar with the platform or becoming with, familiar with the stock market for the first time, how orders placed, what it's like to open up a trade, what it's like to close a trade, how that all works, testing strategies. But when it comes to determining whether or not you're going to be a successful trader or not, because the emotions isn't there, because you're not really trading with your capital, you can't really judge anything. So I guess it's it's probably okay. I mean, I would I would be a little bit concerned if I was going from paper trading to live trading, not making any profits. But ultimately, I don't think that that's going to be what defines you as a trader because what defines you as a trader is really how you do when you're trading with your own money. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Sanjay also talks about how she was using support and resistance levels for the trading. And support and resistance levels are great. They can also turbine like you know bounce levels off of rising trend lines like on the in the case of netflix which has been trading in a range going back to last year it can also op- offer some opportunities to to fade significant moves that go right into resistance and starts to feel that rejection coming about also you can play the bounces off of sideways channels but ultimately support and resistance is made to be broken that's where you get your breakout plays to the long side your breakdown plays to the short side because ultimately some really good opportunities are going to come out of the fact that support and resistance is ultimately broken. For instance, I'm not going to get short on this market until some key support levels are broken. Just a couple of down days or three or four down days in a row is not going to mean anything to me unless there is a key support level being violated that changes the tide and changes the outlook of this market. Now, win percentage, because Sanjay says that win percentage needs work, but win percentage is always going to be in reference to your risk reward. You're making two to one on your reward to risk, then you can afford to lose up to two thirds of your trades and still actually come out break even. Now, you don't want to just trade to break even, you want that winning percentage to be as high as you can get it. So, if you're only winning like 25% of your trades and you're making a reward to risk of about two to one, well, that's going to be a losing trade. So, really, for you know, this email here, your win percentage has to be in context of how much money are you making on your winning trades versus how much you are losing on your losing trades. 
you need that ratio. So if it's two dollars for every one dollar you're losing, and you're only winning twenty five percent of the time, that's not a good sign. But she's doing one thing that's really important. She's still making risk management the most important aspect of their trading, using stop losses, always knowing where you're going to get out of a trade if it goes horribly wrong for you before you ever get into the trade. And it doesn't even have to be horribly wrong, just if it doesn't work for you. And so that basis will carry her forward. But let's go back a second. She's only been trading since August of 2020. Let's be frank here. You're not going to have all the skills and resources at your disposal on your own right now. In fact, you're still in a very big, important learning stage. That's one reason why I offer swing trading the stock market on this podcast. It goes along with it. It provides all my market research from the S&P 500, the NASDAQ 100, and the Russell 2000. I update that each week for you. Also provide you with updates on all the FANG stocks, as well as multiple updates each week on my bullish and bearish watch list, which stocks am I bullish on, which ones am I bearish on. Plus, you're going to get my daily trade setups and most intriguing charts each and every day. So you want to check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Yes, that was a plug. But it's also to highlight the fact, too, that this is the kind of stuff that you need to really gain your understanding, learning from somebody who's doing this each and every day, getting their research, seeing what they're seeing, how they're interpreting the markets. I've been doing SharePointer since 2007. I've been trading and investing since I was 11 years old. So these charts are like second nature to me. I'm used to them. But in my first nine months of trading, was I there yet? No. So you've got to be patient. Sanjay says, I know the basics and I believe I have the knowledge and ability to be a great trader, but something just isn't connecting with my strategy attempts, hence my email to you. Well, I would probably disagree with some of the things that Sanjay's saying here. I know the basics. I don't really think you do. I think you understand some of the basic notions of trading and the tenets of trading, but it takes time and it takes effort. Yeah. Trading in the beginning is a very big struggle. And so you're going to have to pay your dues. It's just like brain surgery or engineering or something else. You're not just going to pick it up in nine or 10 months. If I wanted to be an engineer a year from now, I wouldn't be anywhere close to it. No matter how much I studied, I wouldn't be able to match the experience of somebody that's been doing it for 20 or 30 years. So you got to really have patience. You have to tell yourself, am I trying to become a good trader or am I just in it to get rich real quick? If you're in it to just get rich real quick, you might as well go to Vegas or you might as well just dump you know, a whole bunch of money on some crazy crypto coin with a crazy name and hope that it works out well for you. But if you really want to master the art of trading, you've got to be willing to spend the time and the efforts and the hours. And it's not that Sanjay's in a bad place here or, or is like falling behind. Not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that Sanjay has to continue to develop, you know, knowing these basics, but trying to build on those basics. It doesn't come overnight and it doesn't come in nine months typically. I think Sanjay, when he talks about focusing currently on the bullish side, that's good. I think for most traders, focusing on the bullish side is fine. But when you're focusing on the bullish side, doesn't mean that you need to be bullish all the time. You can be bearish still, but just not trading to the long side. That means sitting in cash or having a smaller amount of long exposure in the market. So you could still be bearish, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to get short. It's very difficult to go long and short in the stock market because if you're wrong on the short side, well, the market starts rallying without you, you're missing out on the rally and you're also taking a loss in the process. So that's a good thing that Sanjay's doing as well. Just focus, especially when you're first starting off, focus on the bullish side. Now, when it comes to reversal trend trading, the longer the base, and when I'm talking about a base, let's say like a stock goes from like 100. And again, I'm not trying to make it to where you need charts to do this. I'm trying to make it very, very simple. Let's say a stock goes from $100 down to $30. And then, and that let's say that happens like over the course of a couple months. And then for like the next three or four months, you're getting this nice little base that's forming. And when I'm saying a base, like price action that's kind of in this range, let's say 
the stock goes from 100 down to $30, then that range starts to become somewhere around like 30 to $35. And it's just kind of bouncing around. It's not really going up. It's not going down. It's just creating a sideways channel pattern. That's like your base. And then when it breaks out of that base, and in this case, above $35, because that was the high end of the range, once it gets above that $35 mark, that's where the trend really starts to reverse. You don't want to get stuck in the middle of where it's trying to create this base and it's stuck in it for four months before it actually breaks out because that's an opportunity cost right there. That's money that could be allocated to another trade, but it's not because it's tied up in a stock that's going nowhere. So you want to wait for that breakout and then you get long. Now, the bigger the base, the more reliable that breakout's going to be. If you're just trying to like play it right off of that support level, yeah, it may work out. And I, I play those as well. But the best ones are going to be the ones that form over many, many months. Now, you got to remember, too, when you get that break out of the base, there's usually this like tendency for the stock to want to come back down after even after it breaks out. So let's say that base, after going from 100 down to 30, it forms a base between 30 and 35. Okay, this $5 range is going up and down and up and down. It hits 35. It goes back down to 30. It hits back up to 35. It goes back down to 30. And it just keeps doing that for a few months. And then it finally breaks above that 35 and goes to 36, 37, all the way up to $40. You're thinking, man, this is it. But then you get discouraged because all of a sudden there's a sell-off in the stock and it comes right back down to 35. And you're like, oh, man, just lost out on over 10% in profits. Man, I should have taken my profits or whatever. So you get frustrated. It's like, I'm just going to get out of break even. And so you do that. And then all of a sudden you see it bounce off of that 35 support level and goes right back higher. And why is that? Well, oftentimes it will retest that breakout level. And and that can also be some of the best times to get finally long on the stocks and your second opportunity if you missed out on the original breakout. There's many times where I will get in, not on the original breakout, but on a retest of that support level. Watch for it to hold. And once it does, that's one of your best signs that the stock wants to go higher again. And yes, volume is important. Sanjay was asking, is there any candlestick signs? Not really, not, not to my preference, really not that I'm looking for, especially if it's like a longer term base, don't really care. Sometimes you'll get these little hammer dojis at the bottom. And yeah, I would probably just say look them up, but because it's kind of hard to describe that on a podcast, but you can get like these one day hammer dojis, but they're not always the most reliable. And like I said, the longer the base that's created, the more reliable it is. If it's like a one or two day base, it's not going to be as reliable when it breaks out. Volume, it's good to have a lot of volume at these bases because they often signify a lot of money that's coming from the banks into these stocks. One of the other things to, to differentiate between a good reversal breakout versus one that's just going to break out fake people out and keep going back lower is whether or not it can break the previous high. Usually on your breakouts, it's breaking a previous high. And that's a very good sign. That's why I like it to be a very big base because when it breaks that previous high, that's a very good sign that it wants to go even higher, that the trend is reversing, all those good. So there's only so much you can do on a podcast when it comes to describing charts and I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. That's what I want to do for you guys. And if you like this episode, I'd encourage you to leave me a five-star review on whatever platform it is that you're listening to it on. Not all of them have it, but I can tell you this, Amazon has it, and you can leave one on the Apple Podcast app. That's a great place to do it at. That really helps me out a lot. And to continue to grow this channel, you guys have been so instrumental in building this channel. It's been of my career in trading and doing share planner and everything else. This is probably one of the highlights. I just really like it. And I love connecting with you guys, and it's just been a great experience. So make sure to leave that five-star review. It continues to help me uh, do what I do the best. And thank you guys, and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. 
With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash tradingblock. That's www.shareplanner.com slash tradingblock. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 